What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May, the Elopement King. You are listening to Story and Growth. I'm here with my co-host, Katie May. Hey, hey. The Queen the kom- Bee. The Kombucha Queen. <laughs> we are here today to talk about practicing presence. We are here to shoot the shit and be real. If that sounds like something you're into, let's go. Sometimes you just have to lean into the things. Yeah, I'm making it a thing. (laughs) The elopement king. That's how things become things. Yeah. Somebody decided it needed to be a thing. It's totally a thing. So, yeah, we're talking about practicing presence. And I just wanted to kick off by stating a definition of what presence actually is, what that actually means. And it's been coming up a lot for us uh, recently, just in uh, kind of like almost as a conclusion for uh, almost as an answer to an equation for a lot of things that we've been discussing. So we did several clubhouses where we talked about loads of different things. And I felt like a conclusion we kept coming back to was it's all about being present and being in the moment, being present with your kids or with your spouse or with just people whenever you're having a conversation with them, actually listening to what they're saying instead of, I think we do this so often that it drives me nuts when people do it and we're human, it's fine. But a lot of times you'll be explaining something or talking about something that's important to you, or someone will even ask you a question and then they won't really even listen to the answer to the question that they just asked you. And so work on that a little bit. If, if that's you and you're one of those people who asks a question and then you're just like squirrel, squirrel, and you're just looking everywhere else for some other thing, like really try to focus on, or just don't ask the question because you're obviously not interested in what the person has to say. And so for me, like practicing presence essentially is, you know, just being in a moment. And so whether it's a conversation, whether it's, you know, in the sauna, like we did the other day, whether it's being out on the boat or being out in nature or just with your morning walk or meditation, or when you're reading, like oftentimes our minds just wander so much. So I think in the world we live in, it's not geared towards presence. It's geared towards multitasking. It's geared towards, uh, just spreading yourself so much more thin because you're, you're doing 10 things, but you're not doing any one of them all that well. And so, yeah, the definition basically is the state or fact of existing, occurring, or being present in a place or thing. And so what are some areas which you feel like help you to, to be more present or areas in which you want to strive to be more present in? I think I used to think of presence as being with other people and or experiences and needing to be present in that, which is very much a part of it. But I think what I've realized is the need for me to practice presence in myself, first of all, like being able to sit with myself in silence or not even silence, but just when I am focusing on something or feeling something or experiencing something, depending on like how easy or hard that thing is, I used to be very tempted to like distract myself with other things. That's why, I mean, we've talked about this before, how I coped is through busyness. How I've coped is through doing basically. And I think the more I sit with myself, the more I realized that was to mask 
actually having to be present with myself and figure out what's going on internally within me at that moment. And I think what I've also realized is that not being able to be present with myself is what has kept me from being able to be fully present with other people because there's all of this background noise. And if you don't know what's really like going on back there, I think it's tempting to just kind of know that there's something pulling you away from being present, but not really identifying like what it is. Yeah. So doing a lot of self-reflection, self-work. Yeah. A lot of self-reflection, um, reading, trying to just sit and be a little bit more. I'm, I'm so used to, like you said, multitasking, you know, listening to an audiobook while I cook dinner and do the dishes and fold laundry and yield a million questions from our kids. And, you know, there's just so many things competing for our attention all the time. It's like, when is the last time you actually just sat and like read a book or journaled or just for yourself with no distractions, no phone, no computer, no nothing. I think that's why there is such an allure to drugs or alcohol. I think that people, I think that that is an aid in, in guiding you to just like get out of your head and to chill out. And we've talked about that before. It's a fine line and it's a weird thing to talk about because I feel like as soon as I bring it up, I can, I can hear others just kind of saying, no, no, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous message of like, oh, you're saying to practice presence by getting drunk or getting high or whatever. I'm not really, but I've found in my own life that, so we were celebrating my birthday yesterday and my birthday was on the 15th, but we were just celebrating at a brewery yesterday. And I find a lot of times I'm just so much more laid back and chill and present whenever I've had a couple beers and I don't really, I'm a little bit more out of my own way. Mm -hmm. It's the same when I get high, like I'm just not in my way as much. And we were even talking to my sister-in-law. She was hilarious. She, she has essentially her mom self or like, what did she describe it as? Yeah. Her mom self and then her normal self. Yeah. And so like the mom self for her is the one that is constantly like, no, no, no. And, uh, it's gotta be this way. It's more of that fixed kind of thing. Like boundaries are great and they're important, but sometimes we just get so fixated on things that don't even really matter to us that we'll double down on shit that we don't even really care about. And you know, I don't want to just be like, Hey, go get drunk, go get high. You know, I think it's like the same principle of meditation, right? I mean, that ultimately is the practice of meditation is to kind of transcend your normal mind, that kind of your monkey mind as Jay Shetty calls it. Right. And to get you more into that space of, of just being right and it's interesting to kind of think about like how substances can aid that process, you know, whether that's alcohol, food, <laughs> um, drugs, experiences, experiences. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can, I mean, nature, I think can sometimes help you kind of ease more into that place of just getting out of your head, like worrying about the past or the future and just be in the moment with what is. And that's, that's, 
the encouragement of meditation, right? Like no matter how many times your mind wanders, like bring it back to the present moment, mm-hmm. bring it back to the present moment. I think that's why, because there we're not built to be in the moment. Like it's a practice. And I think there's something to be learned by that. I think, you know, the more I kind of like come into this whole like spiritual experience and um, I heard somebody recently call our bodies our earth suits because it's like we are really a spirit in here <laughs> having a human experience in a body. And so it's like we are these three different entities kind of coming together in this in this form. Right. We're a mind. We're a body. We're a spirit. And they're not always integrating so well. And so I think the quest for presence is how do we unify our mind, body, and spirit to where we are really one in that moment? Yeah, I think it brings me to my understanding of presence is simply being. But if you are like, well, what does that look like in practice? Just being and what you said about it not focusing on the future, not focusing on the past, but being present. And I think for me, presence involves not only being, but just like less judgment, less judgment of myself, less judgment of others. I'm not as in my head. I'm just more focused on joy and love and service and those things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what I meant when I was kind of describing like marijuana or alcohol or those things as an aid or, you know, a guide. I think there's healthier ways that you've mentioned like nature. Uh, we did a sauna little retreat the other day for a couple hours. And basically you go into the sauna, it's super hot, come out and you're dripping sweat. And then you take a quick rinse off and then you go into this cold plunge where it's like 40 something degree water. It's really cold. And you try to stay in there for about three minutes and your heart rate is like jacked up. (laughs) As soon as you get in there, it's just like, what is happening? And you have to, you, you can like freak out and you're not going to stay in there very long. Or if you're moving your body a whole lot, you're not going to stay. You have to stay still. Otherwise you're losing more body heat. So, uh, with that cold there, the more movement you have, the more that cold is taking from the warmth that you already possess. So you have to stay still and you have to calmly breathe and not and talk about sitting in discomfort. Yeah. Cause if you're, <laughs> if you're breathing really rapidly, your chest is moving in and out a lot quicker and you're losing a lot of your own heat that you have. So it's, there's this when Wim Hof guy and he does a ton of cold plunging and he's kind of the godfather of all that. So if that's of interest to you then, and you want to explore that further, go check him out. But he's basically like found a way to shift his physiology Mm -hmm. through cold plunging. Mm -hmm. And, and I think through that, like you feel after a couple rounds, like you kind of feel transcendental. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're maybe pointing towards and I might've cut you off. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but- uh, <laughs> so yeah, I got out of, you do these cycles and basically, uh, you do the sauna, super hot, you get out and do the cold plunge, super cold. And you're essentially telling your body all these different mixed messages and your body's like, what the fuck is going on? And so, uh, and then you just kind of rest for 
10 or 15 minutes. And so like when we were resting, I got this crazy natural high where I just felt really wild because when I was in the sauna, I was so much just more, I I wasn't focused on any sort of stressors of like work or taxes or decisions. We have so many decisions in our life right now with all sorts of different things that I don't really necessarily need to get into, but there's just, and I'm sure it's the same for you as a listener. Like there's so many decisions in your life constantly and that can add stress to your life. And what do we do with that stress? We look to food or we look to other things to to solve that. But I think what can be helpful is finding those things that really help us to remain present. And so sauna is it for me. And we've been kind of denied that for the last year. So like we are building, we are going to build a sauna in our house. We're like I'm, I'm it saying right it right now. here. <laughs> I would, I wanted it and I would like kind of jokingly said it, but we've talked to people. <laughs> I'm actually just saying it out loud as a real thing. Uh, it, it's just something that actually makes my mental health and my body feel better. It makes everything feel better. So I think that that's great if it's hikes for you. Cause I, I've found for me, traveling to a new destination or going on hikes, I do get that natural high. Like when I went to Yosemite in 2018, just seeing the, just how epic El Cap looks and Half Dome and that whole view from Valley View. It's just like, it kind of connects you to like our own nature. Like it's nature in this beautiful form. And it's almost like, Oh, I'm that too. Like I am nature. I am part of this ethos, part of this collective, part of this cosmos. And so there's that type of beauty and that high that I'm feeling is, is within me. And so it's cool to, to see it and to feel a oneness with nature Mm -hmm. in that way. I think that's what, where I get that natural high from. It's like, Oh, we're one. You know, like I'm connected to that thing because I am that thing, you know? Yeah, I think for me, that's been becoming more apparent as I've practiced more presence and just understanding what what helps me to get present faster. And I think once you can kind of connect to that and, you know, because there are times where one, I there's times I don't want to drink. There's times where I don't need to drink. I can't drink, whatever. It's like, okay, well, how can I get this naturally, right? And I think I've been drawn more towards the natural. I think I used to medicate a lot with alcohol early on Mm -hmm. in my parenting journey and was like, I didn't know how else to just take the edge off. I mean, we've said for years, like our kids are always way, way more chill when we're a little bit tipsy because I think they also feed off of that energy and that presence of being able, you know, obviously not getting like stupid drunk, but like enough to where you just feel relaxed. They feed off of that. They feed off of that relaxing energy. They feed off your anxiety if that's where you're living. So yeah, trying to find ways to kind of infuse more of that in my day to day in a healthier way. And I'm not that alcohol, like I said, we've, there's balance to be had in our opinion of that, but I think it's important to figure out what can get you to as close to that every day in your life. Yeah. I've been really cautious with, because I love the experience of being high I've been really cautious to not have that be a crutch, especially during a pandemic year. So like I haven't in 2021 have not gotten high at all. And so I'm not, 
I want to be very clear that we're not directing people to uh, substance and to, you know, drinking or drugs or anything like that. But I, I, I do find that those things allow me to understand that feeling, you know, mushrooms is one of those things where it's like, haven't, haven't dabbled there yet. But like, I think that that's one of those things that can help you realize what else is out there and what the, like just to feel and experience that more oneness. So yeah, we're not encouraging like drinking for me, a lot of times, every time after we drink, we're always like, oh, never again, you know, because we, it just, as as you get older, we're 36 and 37, we're not that old, we're but so old. it just, <laughs> your body does not process it the same. For yeah. Sure. It just doesn't go as well. So finding more natural ways. And I think meditation is one of the best ways to find it. And then we've been doing moon rituals which has been really cool. I'm rocking my moon shirt today. And, uh, you know, Katie can get more into the science behind the moon cycle and all that. But for me, I can just speak about the experience that I have with the moon ritual, which we do every two weeks. We do a full moon and then a new moon, uh, you know, every two weeks. So full moon once a month and a new moon once a month. And for me, what happens is it's a pro it's an experience of just being with our kids and with each other. And, you know, we don't go to church anymore. We used to be Christians and do the church thing. And, and I would say like, there's been some experiences that we've probably both had in our Christian journey where we felt that yeah. transcendental. So 100%. That is absolutely a place that it can be found as well. I think anything that's connecting you to something bigger and greater than yourself. Yeah. I would, I would agree say. with that. I, I don't want to discount that. like the church part. Cause I do, we've talked about that, right? Like, yeah. What I was driving at with yes. that is that for me, we used to get it from there and we don't have that anymore. So what do we have now? We have this hedonistic, <laughs> this is how I would have viewed it. Like whenever I was a Christian, a moon ritual, mercy, that sounds like, devil stuff like you know and it's not it's just it's just a fun way for us to be present we burn some sage and clear the room clear the air and we either let go of things or we set new intentions and I'll let you talk more about that but for me the act of just stating those things out loud is really powerful and my favorite thing that we do is at the end we just howl at the moon we all hold hands and we, I'm like kind of going to cry, but not really like, cause I think it's, it's, um, super connecting to just be with my kids and to hold their hands. And it's so cute and just fun. And it makes me feel like we are part of something, you know, we're part of this world or we're my favorite quote. It's an Atticus quote. It's, we are all wolves howling to the same moon. And I've, I think I've said it on here multiple times, but I just love the idea that we're all part of this oneness. We're all part of the cosmos and, you know, part of this togetherness. I think that that's why it's been a little disheartening with politics and everything that's going on with the left and the right and the infighting of everyone during such a crazy time where it seems like we should be pulling together, but it just feels like we're just pushing further and further apart on our ideals and our idealism. And, yeah, I 
When I howl at the moon and I'm holding hands with my family, I feel kind of the most present ever. It's just this experience. There's no judgment. There's no shame. There's no anything. It's just this fun feeling of release and calling, calling upon something, essentially. Yeah, and I think it's a reminder of the cyclical nature of life and that things aren't meant to stay the same. Like there's there's rhythm and there's routine sometimes to things, but the moon is constantly shifting through these cycles every month, going from full to non-existent. I mean, it's still there, but you can't see it to full again. And it's just like, to me, the moon is just such a reminder of, of our ability to also transform and change while still being rooted and grounded in whatever you believe is the creator of life. Yeah. And for me, it's an element of spirituality or spiritualism or, you know, I think it comes down to connection. And so if you feel super connected to Jesus or super connected to the Bible or Buddha or any other thought leader, then I think that you should lean into that. I think that that's great. If you find that it's not serving you or that you're questioning it a lot, then feel free to question it. That's where we landed with it. And we're kind of sorting out what feels good in place of that. Yeah. I think it's about integrating views, beliefs, experiences. You know, that's what presence to me is, is learning how to kind of integrate everything we hold in ourselves and and just sit and be in that moment with ourselves, like not having to fix or change, not having to worry. I mean, I think a lot of times when we're not present, it's because we're, we're looking too much in our past or we're worrying too much about our future. We're not focused on what's in Here front of us. And I think with the moon ritual, that's what's been so beautiful is it just created a space for us as a family to sit down and focus on what's in front of us. What's most important in that moment is us being together and sharing and talking about things and releasing or calling in what we want in this life. Yeah. These cute little wolf pups just howling up at the moon. (laughs) Well, and that they are invested and engaged in it. I think that's the other thing I've learned about kids is kids are pretty good at being present for the most part. I mean, yeah. as they a get lot better than we are, right. As they get older, like our oldest has a harder and harder time, but I think our youngest, she's still young enough now that like you give her a, a task or you're in the moment with her and she is there. Like there's not distraction. I think kids are really just aware of being in the moment. They don't, they're not worried about all of the other things. They don't have like, the mindset of past or future yet. And so they're just in the moment. The moment is all they know. That's all they have. And so I think there's a lot we can learn from them in that as well. Yeah. Eminem, man. He just knows what's up. Lose yourself in the music. The moment you own it, you better never let it go. (laughs) You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. Oh, you keep going. Okay. (laughs) So my question is, why is it so difficult? to practice presence. I think there's so many distractions if we allow them in our lives. I think, I think it used to be a lot more simple 
back in the day, you know, they, they have TV, they didn't have phones. They didn't, you know, there wasn't really a lot of other options, but to either like work on your farm or be present in the moment with what you needed to do. Yeah. It's interesting how things have shifted because I was at the gym the other day and I was looking around at these machines and these plates that you, you put on these bars and that people push up and down and thinking to myself, like, it's so bizarre that we have, this is what we do now for exercise, or this is the thing we've traded in for like a hard day's work on the farm. Plow in a field. Yeah. Because what they were doing is actually yielding a result. Like not to say that people in the gym don't yield a result, but it's, it just struck me as interesting of the way people used to do things. Essentially that wasn't even necessary. They'd like chop wood or they'd find something to do for as a means of survival. And we just have so much access to food that now we have this lifting weights. It's such a weird, interesting thing. Um, it was just kind of a weird thing I was thinking about, but yeah. When you think about like how things have changed in the last a hundred years, you know, yeah, it's wild how quickly things have changed. And I do agree that there are so many distractions and we have our phones that have just, they're they're constantly on us, you know, unless you're very mindful about your usage and you put it away. Like I feel like people, and there's pressure too. Why didn't you respond to my text? Like all these things, it's, you know, I know your phone is on you. Why didn't you respond to my text? Like immediately. Yeah, it does. There is, peer pressure. There's just social in general pressure to constantly get back because of the world we live in now. And it used to not be that, you know? Yeah. A lot's changing. So yeah, I think that is, that makes it hard to be present. It just requires a a higher level of intentionality around it, I think. Yeah. And so I think it answers like the next question that comes to mind for me, which is why is presence so valuable? I think it's, it's, the importance of it is it actually brings us into the place we're supposed to be. We're, we're supposed to be in the moment. We're supposed to be living each breath in each moment. We're not supposed to be worried about next week or worried about what happened two, three years ago. You know, we're supposed to be able to sit in the present moment in order to like really experience. I think also we, we cut ourselves off of experiencing it when we're not in the moment. Like we're, we, we talked about this the other day with our kids, like we're there, but we're not really there. And so in that moment when we're there, but we're not really there, we're missing (laughs) that whole experience. Yeah. Where are we when we're not there? Are we just in our head thinking about other things? I can can only tell you where I am. Just (laughs) self-consumed. I think a lot of times I'm, I'm thinking about other things I need to get done or something that happened earlier in the day, or a lot of times it's what, what I need to do next. Yeah. So I think that presence is super valuable because it's so rare. So rare things in this world hold a higher value. They cost more. And you know, like if someone was to manufacture 200 cars and they were only going to do that amount, never going to make more again after that, like those cars are going to be stupid expensive and they're only going to go up in value. And so 
you know, essentially for me, I feel like there's so much value in presence because it, it's really rare. It's really hard to find presence within your own life. And so I think we just need to practice seeking presence more than what we do mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And I think that comes back to something we talk about a lot, which is awareness. So when you're not aware, um, like here's a reminder right now to wake up and to not just be, you know, a slave essentially to your phone or to these things that have called out to you and said, pay, pay attention. You know, like we're in a culture of everything vying for your attention, everything saying, look at me, you know, buy this subscription, pay for this thing. Uh, even normal individuals like you, us, you know, like we're like, Hey, listen to our podcast, check this thing out, like buy our services, buy coaching. Like it's all there. And so (laughs) I'm not saying like, don't pay attention to that, but you have to be a little bit more cautious and have boundaries with yourself. And so I do think a daily journaling practice or something like that for you, even a daily walk, whatever it is to help you like a presence walk or something like whatever you want to call it. When I take a walk and I'm not listening to anything, it's so much better than when I take a walk and I listen to something I'm trained to think, Oh man, I just want to listen to the next podcast or next audio book or watch this YouTube video on this Marvel stuff. Cause it's so great. And like, I love it, but it doesn't always serve me the best. What serves me the best is that presence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause like when we left the sauna the other night after just two hours of being present, it was like, holy shit, why do I feel so good? Part of it was the experience we had, but a lot of it had to do with how present we were. I think we didn't have our you phones. Know, your phone. And, yeah. There's not really anything else to do there except be in the moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, a couple of things that I've heard and have tried to practice. I'm not great at it all the time, but you know, don't go to your phone first thing in the morning. Like most of us like have our alarms on our phone now. And I've actually been like tempted to just get some sort of like other alarm clock (laughs) so that I can just put my phone away from my bed and like not pick it up first thing. Cause I I'm very easily tempted to then like, Oh, let me check my email. Let me, um, check my Instagram, you know, instead of just like waking up, like getting myself into the day by myself, it's like, Oh, what's everybody else doing this morning? You know, that's one thing that I would love to try to get better at is just not going to my phone first thing in the morning. I think having anytime you can sit with yourself, journal, walk, try driving to work without any input. You know, if that's the time that you have to just carve out a little presence for yourself. Like just try driving to work without anything on and just be in the moment, you know, take your lunch break, maybe practice some mindful eating, you know, where you just actually focus. Like if I'm the worst at eating and just sucking it in, but like maybe take some time to just like really taste your food and really like enjoy what you have in that moment. I think so often we just don't savor what's right in front of us. So anywhere you can look to just really savor that, savor it. Yeah, I love that. It it made me think back to what I was talking about with the moon ritual with the kids. It's just relish what's right in front of you. Savor what's right in front of you, your food, your children, your experience that you're having. 
in a given moment, instead of looking to all these future moments or these past moments, regret all of that, like just let go of that stuff. You cannot change the past and you can't necessarily change. You can change your trajectory of where you're going for the future. But if I'm going to get cancer in three weeks and I have no clue about it, or like if I'm going to find out that I have cancer in three weeks, I can't change it and worrying about it's not going to change anything. So just being present and enjoying what I have right here, right now. Yeah. I'm happy and whole. So why am I constantly looking to these other things to like bring more wholeness? I think that that's an interesting way of thinking about it. And I think you've maybe even said that before. Like we're, we're already whole. Mm, Right. Like we are whole. There's just things that get in the way of us fully embracing our wholeness. So figure out what's getting in your way of embracing your whole self and work toward removing those things from your life Mm -hmm. and cultivating more of what actually connects you to your wholeness. And I think that is the value of presence is it's embracing yourself as you are in that moment. And if you want me to get real woo woo, I know you want me to get real woo woo. I do. Um, I've been like reading about, I've been, I think I've said this before, but I'm reading this book called the magic and it's all about gratitude. And it's really like interesting how she talks about if you are constantly giving thanks, whatever, giving thanks for what you have in your life in the moment, giving thanks for what you might want to have in the moment, but you're still in the moment. If you actually, this is where like the whole saying of like, you create your reality. Like if you're worried about your future, if you're worried about getting cancer or an illness or something else happening, that's bad, your energy is diverted to that. Versus if you are focused on cultivating your most whole and beautiful experience now in the moment and being grateful for what you have in that moment, whether that's money, whether that's relationships, whether that's your career, whatever it is, if you want to cultivate more good things in your life, be present in what you have now, be grateful in what you have now, instead of focusing on what you don't have or what you are worried about or all of those other things that ultimately steal us away from our wholeness. Yeah. I I think that's a beautiful place to end it. Kind of to repeat what we've already said, find what works for you. And I think that that can work for anything in your life for exercise, diet, uh, you know, growth journey, becoming your highest self, do what works best for you. And you need to figure that out through trial and error. So you may find some things that you're like, that just doesn't work. Like that walking thing that Andrew was talking about that just doesn't work for me. That's fine, you know, but there probably is something that will work for you to help you to be more present in your life. And so focus on those things. So get outside more, take more walks, be in nature, move your body, do all those things, and they will help you to remain more present. Yeah, just I think ground yourself in what you have around you that that provides you connection to that wholeness that we talked about. Yeah. So remain whole. You, you are whole, just live out of that wholeness and practice just simply being and living in a moment and living in shared moments. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Peace, y'all. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, you can write us a review at Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. If you want to pick up some of our merch, you can do so at allegorianelm.com shop. 
you can get a shoot the shit and be real hat or a tri blend shirt. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at Allegory and Elm. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers.